0: So for our listeners, all you need to do is download EarnIn today. It's spelled E-A-R-N-I-N, and you can download it in Google Play or the Apple App Store. When you download the Earn In app, type in Shameless Mom under podcast when you sign up. So there'll be a little place where you can, where it says, what podcast did you hear about them on? Type in Shameless Mom under podcast. This helps to show support for our show and our advertisers. EarnIn is a financial technology company, not a bank, and subject to your available earnings, daily max, pay period max, and location see Ernin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust member FDIC. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 768. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 768. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host Sarah Dean. Hello, Shameless Moms. Happy Monday, if you're listening in live time. I'm really looking forward to digging into today's episode because I'm eager to share what the lack of transparency has around in different relationships in different ways has done to my relationships over the years. And some of this is me being in relationships with other people who are not transparent. And some of it is me not being fully transparent. So we'll kind of get to look at it from both sides. And my hope is that you will listen to this through the lens of where can I be more transparent in ways that can help my relationships thrive? And where can I be more transparent in ways that help women collectively thrive or moms collectively thrive? And then also where can you maybe look at, maybe there's some places where people in your life are not being transparent and maybe that's because they don't feel safe or they don't have trust or they maybe are coming from like a background of trauma And they just can't open up in that way and that sometimes is absolutely okay and very understandable but sometimes when we can recognize like oh this person isn't able to be transparent in a certain way we can hold space for them in a different way instead of feeling like maybe they aren't able to connect with us in the ways that we want so i'm hoping that we'll be able to kind of circle this and connect us in a lot a lot of different directions today that will ultimately allow you to move forward understanding why it is really important for us to be transparent whenever we can for the sake of like the greater good of all women also how we need to look at transparency in terms of something we practice because it's not something we've been trained to do we've really been trained to be as women secretive and only show like put our best foot forward and not really let people see the cracks and when we do that it can be really, really, and if you're used to doing that for a lot of your life, it can be really, really uncomfortable, if not absolutely terrifying to be transparent in new ways. So we're going to talk through how to do that in ways that feel okay to you. And I'm using the word okay versus good, because I know it, might be really uncomfortable so it might not initially feel good good but my hope is that if you can learn how to take some steps in practicing transparency that it will ultimately start to be more rewarding and support your relationships in a significant way to the point that then it starts to feel good to be transparent and you work toward like along that spectrum of like what used to feel scary now feels normal and I'll be able to share kind of how that's looked for me over the years as well so we're going to dig into all this it's going to be fantastic and I cannot wait to get started So I want to start off with how a lack of transparency harms other women. This is something that I have noticed as I've watched people, and specifically some mentors of mine, not be transparent in certain ways over the years, and how it's harmed entire communities of women. And it's been really unsettling to watch, and it's taught me a lot about leadership. And I'll fully admit that there's times that I have followed leaders and mentors and kind of emulated them in certain ways that seemed correct or seemed, quote unquote, right at the time. And I look back and I'm like, wow, like some of the stuff they were doing was, it was not good. Some of them are still doing a lot of that stuff. Some of it was really detrimental to a lot of people and harmful to people. And they weren't able to be transparent and vulnerable in certain ways that led the people they were leading to feel really inadequate and really unsafe and really like unqualified and incapable in different ways. And so I want to talk through how it harms other women when any of our struggle with transparency so that we can see how we can help women move forward if we can all make a commitment to being more transparent in different ways. So the first thing that can happen is that when we fail to be transparent, we create unreal and unreasonable expectations for others. And this happens all the time on social media. So when you're only sharing the highlight reel of your life, and women do this all the time, and I mean, men do too, like everyone does this all the time on social media. But when you're only showing sharing the highlight reel, what happens is that other people watching think, Wow, like every day of their life is just a really great day. Like they only have highs. They only have good days. They seem to have no bad days. And we know the reality is that, like, a lot of people have really bad days and sometimes frequently. And sometimes it's really bad seasons, sometimes often. And when we only show the highlight reel, and especially when we're in positions of leadership or power or privilege, it makes other people feel like they're doing it wrong, that they're. Getting something wrong that someone else has figured out how to get right, and that therefore they are inadequate or incapable or unqualified or not worthy, and it leads to overall feelings of less than, leading to people feel like they're less than, which can be really harmful in the long run, because no matter what you have and what you don't have, or no matter how many good days versus bad days you have... You are no less than anyone else. But when we're looking at someone whose life seems to just always work out all the time, we start to make assumptions that like we're bad or we're doing things the wrong way. And that's just not true. And so we create these unreal and unreasonable expectations for ourselves because we're like, well, everyone else seems to have it all figured out. Like what's wrong with me? So that's the first way that it like really creates these unreal expectations that we put on ourselves. And then this leads to the next thing. So the next way that a lack of transparency is harmful to other women is that it perpetuates start to get like little scabs and scratches, and then they want to pick at it and it was getting worse. And so active skin repair showed up on my doorstep as a result of the sponsorship. And I got to put it to use immediately. And I got the ointment formula or the like ointment, Formulation and then also the spray, and the spray was perfect. So, Vinny does not like ointmenty, creamy, lotiony things on his body, but I was able to get out the spray, literally took it out of the packaging the day it arrived, put it on his toe before he went to bed. And the next morning, he was like, Mom, my toe's all better. It was literally like this super amazing cure that helped his toes so quickly. So, you can use active skin repair on a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, other types of skin damage. It's totally safe, non toxic, suitable on all types types of skin, even parts of the body where you might have rosacea or eczema or have acne prone skin. This is also safe for the youngest members of your family up to the oldest. So now you have one simple solution for your family's skin health needs with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of 5-star reviews and super safe and clean ingredients. around a different theme. So there's a season on special education, there's a season on ADHD diagnosis for adults, and the current season is all about IEPs. I love this podcast because the episodes are 10 to 15 minutes long. So if you are short on time or short on focus, you can take this content in super quickly, easily, it's very digestible, and the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Urtube. So Juliana talks all about how to navigate educational plans, IEPs. She talks about the differences between IEPs and 504 plans. She really breaks things down in a really clear and simple way so that you have some of those questions that you might be thinking around, like, does this pertain to my child? Is this something I need to be looking into? Like, where do we go from here? Where do I go if I have questions? Juliana has you covered. She explains so many different things and so many different little pieces and nuance of IEPs. And special education and different things on Understood Explains. So I want you to go check it out wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can go listen to Understood Explains. Just go into your podcast app, do a search for Understood Explains, and it will pop right up. Click on it, pick your episode, and get the answers that you've been looking for and the support that you need around different learning differences and differences in school. So one of the things I've been talking about a lot when I talk to teams and organizations and corporate groups and when I'm doing leadership retreats for women, I talk about perfectionism as a social construct. It's interesting as I've worked with women over the years, how clear this has become for me. When we talk about imposter syndrome as a social construct or human giver syndrome as a social construct, and just giving shout outs here. So human giver syndrome is a concept brought up in the book Burnout by Emily and Amelia Nagoski, where they talk about women always giving, 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 giving at the expense of themselves and the cost of that over the long run. Imposter syndrome as a social construct is really this idea put forth in a really a landmark article in the Harvard Business Review by past shameless mom guest Rushika Tulsion and her colleague Jodi Ann Bury. And they talk about imposter syndrome as a social construct that is intended to make women feel less than, intended to make women feel like imposters, because when women feel like imposters and they feel inadequate, that actually benefits men. And so this idea that women have imposter syndrome or women should have imposter syndrome is this really great social construct that works out fantastic for the patriarchy. And it suggests that there's something wrong with an individual woman when she feels like an imposter, rather than suggesting that entire systems have been built to make women feel less than, and that it's the systems that need to be fixed, not individual women who need to be fixed. So when we look at those as social constructs, I think one of the other things that we can put right alongside that is perfectionism, that we have been taught that we should always be in pursuit of doing things to the very best of our ability. And even a little bit more than that, like not just get an A, but get an A plus and also get the extra credit. And when I think about my own pursuit of high achievement across my life and this like really incessant need to prove myself by doing really, really well and doing the best and being the best, starting at a very young age in academics and continuing and in well into decades of my career and still something that I struggle with today. Uh, perfectionism is a social construct. It is this idea that we tell women that they can have it all and they should have it all and they should always be working to have it all and get more and be more and do more because... That's what a good woman does or a good mom does. All this is in air quotes. So perfectionism, I think, is more of a social construct than like a personality thing. And I think when we look at it that way, we can take a step back and recognize like, wow, if I'm trying to and striving to be perfect all the time and I'm trying to do more and be more all the time, especially for other people or especially in the service of others or in the way that I show up and contribute in the workplace or for my family, that we can see that it's actually important that we start dropping some balls because we're feeding into a social construct that is intended to make us feel like crap all the time. It is intended to make us always feel like unless we are getting an A plus 115% on something, then it doesn't matter at all. If you can't do it perfectly, why bother trying? And we all know that we would never say that to our kids. We would never say to our daughters, if you can't get it perfectly, why bother trying? I mean, we wouldn't say it to our sons either, but this is something that has been really fed to women. And when we step back and look at it as a social construct, we can then look at it objectively to be like, yeah, screw that. (laughs) I I don't need to get an A plus 115% on anything in service of others or to be the best at anything. Like, actually, maybe I should take more naps <laughs> rather than like feeding into the social construct that was built by people who would benefit from me always trying to do more and be more. And think about who benefits from us always trying to do more and be more men, husbands, fathers in laws, right? Leaders of corporations benefit greatly from women being perfectionists. Corporations benefit greatly from paying women less money. But knowing that they will work more and get things done at a higher rate of productivity than men. That works really well for corporations. So I want you to think about when you uphold perfectionism in your life, how you're upholding that social construct. So when we're posting just perfect pictures all the time and we're doing all the things that we can do to really discredit and dishonor like, hey, I was up all night with kids or hey, I'm having a really hard time with my mental health right now or hey, like I actually need some things right now and so I'm going to need to take a half a day off. Whenever we do that and we're not being transparent and saying, giving the reasons why we have needs, then we are upholding perfectionism, which is ultimately harmful to all women. Lack of transparency also perpetuates loneliness and isolation for women and for moms. So when we have this perfectionism or when we have this lack of transparency that then leads to this unreal and unreasonable expectations that then leads to perfectionism or this attempt and constant desire for perfectionism, we end up in our own little personal bubble feeling, again, inadequate, unworthy, less than, which is an incredibly lonely place. And when we feel those ways, we usually turn inward with that. We don't typically go to our friends to be like, you know, I'm really feeling like lonely and isolated. And like, I just, you know, I'm having a hard time because I want to do everything perfectly, but it seems like too much. Like, we don't really say that. We might say like, oh, life is a lot and I'm really busy and everything feels like too much, but we don't really get to like the root of it or really get as transparent around like the truth that I'm feeling really lonely right now. Everything feels so hard and it feels like I'm on an island having to do it all by myself. And when we don't say that, we're just internalizing that it's an extremely lonely Place to be that often, often, like in all caps, leads to anxiety, depression, all sorts of other mental health struggles. This undermines connection and the collective growth of women on a societal level. So the next thing that happens when we're in this perpetual loneliness and isolation, we don't build connection in the same way because we're like so in this world of feeling inadequate or trying so hard to be perfect that we don't connect with people in the most authentic way possible because we're like so busy spinning our wheels trying to be right and get it right and do all the things and do more things. And we don't connect in the same way. We don't connect in really vulnerable, transparent ways with other women. And that then collectively really undermines the growth of women. Like if we could all be really transparent around like, hey, these social constructs that have been handed to us completely suck. They're completely inappropriate. They're actively dangerous and harmful. And we're not doing this anymore. If we could collectively say that, what would that change for women on a societal level? It would change a heck of a lot. The end game of this is that our collective mental health erodes. So the collective mental health of women and moms, not great. (laughs) Not great. And the pandemic did nothing to help that. Like it's definitely not better now than it was before the pandemic. For some people, it might be similar, but for Everyone I know is worse. (laughs) I don't know anyone right now who's like, I'm just thriving more than I was in before March of 2020. I'm feeling like everyone's struggling more than even they were sometimes in that window of like 2020, 2021, even into 2022. And when we are collectively struggling with our mental health, and we're in this place of collective loneliness and lack of connection our relationships are hugely impaired. And when we are, our relationships are impaired like this, when we're not showing up transparently, then we aren't showing up fully for one another and we're not showing up fully as ourselves to be seen and heard and held and valued. And people don't understand why people don't understand why when you like don't reply to their texts, or you can't keep up with emails, or you can't, like, you know, show up for certain things, they don't understand and they make assumptions. And they're like, Oh, I guess she just thinks she's too good for us. Or, oh, I guess like she just needed a break. Great for her. They make all sorts of assumptions. And I have been in this position, by the way, where I've made assumptions about people not showing up for certain things and not showing up in certain ways. And then in having vulnerable conversations with those same people, I've learned like, Oh, wow. Like they were in a moment where their marriage was hugely struggling. Their mental health was hugely struggling. Something with one of their kids was in a m- moment or season of great despair. And then I was able to see like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad you didn't reply to my text. I'm so glad you weren't able to come to that girls event or come to the soccer game or whatever the thing is. I'm so glad that you were able to take that time for yourself and that you didn't feel like you needed to show up and be a part of everything. You were really able to focus on the people or the people that needed you most or focus on yourself and take care of yourself when you needed yourself most. But in the lack of transparency around that, we start making assumptions and you Maybe you've done this when you're like, hmm, that one mom that never shows up for any of the school stuff, does she even love her kids? <laughs> like, like we hear and participate in those kinds of conversations. And the truth is, is that oftentimes it's those are the people that need our support the most, that are struggling with the most, that are juggling the most. So when we can be transparent to say like, hey, I'm really struggling right now I, mean, I need and I need help. I have a really good mom friend who has gone through a lot of big health stuff in the last few years. And one of the things that she's practiced that I've admired so much is increasingly being able to say, I'm in a hard moment right now and I need some help. I'm in a hard moment right now. I can't show up in that way. And it's been such a great lesson in terms of how we can lean on one, each other, one another in really powerful And positive and also protective ways so that we can show up for each other and not because we need to like add more stuff to our plate. But it's such a relief to me when someone in my life shows up that way because then I'm like, oh, when I need something, I know I can go to them and be like, hey, I'm having a moment right now. Like it only builds trust and safety in that relationship when someone shows up in full transparency to me. So, and I've been able to go to that person. In fact, just like a week or two ago, I was like, hey, like, I'm going to be gone in my fam- for a week and my family's going to need some support. And so I'm like letting you know in advance, you might get some some calls and texts from my family, you know, when if they're in a pinch with some carpool stuff and other things. And they were like, yeah, sure, no problem. So it works both ways. Like it really builds trust and safety when we can say, here's what's going on and here's what I need. And then it also helps other people create way better expectations around How we can lean on them when we need something, and how we really, really, really don't have to always all have it together, and how it doesn't help anyone when we do create a facade that we all have it together. Because the reality is, none of us all always have it together. I learned that when I had, I've actually, in multiple coaching experiences, had the opportunity to get really close to my coaches. I am someone who loves to build relationships with my mentors, which maybe comes as no surprise to you. And It's been a really great opportunity for me to learn that like everyone has their junk. And I've seen some really, really successful businesswomen. I've been in their homes. I've seen them with their kids. I've seen them with their partners. I've seen a lot of things happen in their lives and their personal lives and kind of had a front row seat to some of those things at times. And it's been so helpful for me to see that, oh, wow, like their house is messy sometimes too. Or, oh, wow, like they make mistakes in parenting too. Or, oh, wow, they're making up a lot of their business stuff as they go, as the needs of their kids change, as their marriage changes, as the world changes around them, as the marketplace changes. They're doing all that too. And that's really helped me shift my expectations around what it means to be an entrepreneur. Because for a long time, a long, long time, I was in this kind of desperate pursuit to like get it all figured out so that it would start to feel easier. And I kept setting making annual themes around like ease, I just want more ease. And I was trying to create ease by like, finding the right formula to make everything work finally, and then stay that way forever. And one of the things I learned in the pandemic that like, I should have learned earlier, but <laughs> I was real naive. But one of the things I learned in the pandemic is pandemic or not, everything's always changing and evolving and growing. And so being able to be adaptable as much as I hated it, and still often hate it. (laughs) Being able to change and be adaptable is a superpower that is necessary to live in this world, not just to be an entrepreneur, not just to survive a pandemic, but necessary to live in this world. And the more I've been able to embrace that, the more I've been able to find the ease that I have been craving for so, so long. So it feels like such a big win. So I want you to go check out Mysteries About True Histories wherever you listen to podcasts. You can tune into Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, wherever you're listening to this podcast. So go check out Mysteries About True Histories to listen in and have some fun with your kid while they learn today. This episode is supported by Aqua True. Having clean, safe water is the last thing you want to worry about. But unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four, yes, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants in their tap water. So that's why you got to check out Aqua True. Aqua True purifiers have a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers, which is what we have, take no installation or plumbing, and they remove fifteen times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters, and they're specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAS I swear it's like, can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue purifier when you go to AquaTrue.com and use the code SHAMELESS, S-H-A-M-E-L-E-S-S. AquaTrue.com code SHAMELESS. So it's not about getting the perfect formula and then executing it over and over again until you die. It's about finding what works now And then when that doesn't work anymore, finding the next thing that can work for you. And I think that sometimes we're sold this bill of goods that like we can check a handful of boxes and then be like, now I'm done. (laughs) I've perfected my life. And some people make it look that way. And that is not how it is. And it only harms all of us when we make it seem like that's what the reality is. So I'm not saying, and I want to be really clear with this, I'm not saying that you should be transparent in all the ways all the time it's really important that we acknowledge in this topic, in this conversation, it's really, really important that we acknowledge that there are places and spaces where it is not safe to be transparent. And you might be in a work environment where like, if you say something about your needs as a mom, like you might not be given a promotion. So I do not In any way, want to present you with this like false reality that you should just tell all the people all the things and they'll just be able to automatically see you, hear you, hold space for you, and value you for who you are in that moment. Because that is not always true. Now, I will say, I do want you to be looking for those places though, like looking for those places where trust and safety exist, where you can be transparent. And when you are in the places where you're like, I know that in this boardroom or in this team meeting, that there's certain things I can't say because of how it will shift the power dynamic at work or how it will shift my opportunity, the opportunities that might lay ahead of me, then maybe instead of saying all the things and being transparent in those moments, You just look for the one person in the room that you can be transparent with, or maybe it's someone outside the room, but hopefully someone in the same building kind of, and I'm like being figurative here, but hopefully someone in the same building, the same community, the same, you know, maybe extended circle where you can be transparent in a way that you too, or you as a small circle of a handful of people can build safety and trust. And I've seen this actually in a lot of workplaces. And this is where like ERGs and affinity groups are really great because you can sit with a group of people that have the same, that are often in the same categories of marginalization, carrying the same marginalized identities. And you can sit in circles with people where you can all sit around and be like, yep, same, yep, same. Uh Uh-huh. Me too. Yep. I've done there. I've been there and I've done that. And that matters a whole heck of a lot when you don't have the safety to sit in the room with people who have more power and privilege and leadership than you, and you can't say those things. So I think that that's a really important thing to recognize. I would also say, like, there's gonna be certain relationships that you have. So there's definitely not always safety in our um, extended families and in our, like, you know, kind of greater circle of family members. And so there might be things that you can't say at Thanksgiving dinner. There might be certain things you don't say to certain family members ever. And because it's just not safe and it's not, you don't, the trust isn't there. I definitely have and have had those family members where I'm like, it would only cause me more pain and grief to be transparent with them. So I'm not going there. Like that wouldn't be healthy for me. In the absence of that, where can you find the relationships where you can be that way so i've talked about this before but like i've gotten so much better in the last few years at recognizing like this group of people or friends or family members or colleagues like they are the people i lean into for this thing and then this group over here this circle over here i go to them for that thing and sometimes i can cross over sometimes there is like circles that overlap. And sometimes there's not. And that's absolutely okay. There's definitely some trust and safety stuff that I have in some circles and not in others. And I've gotten so much better at knowing where that exists and to what extent it exists. And that helps me protect myself from being disappointed or from being harmed or from like really having like a mental health like uh, spiral. And so I want you to recognize that for yourself. And at the same time, still be working on being more transparent. So recognizing where there is like ultimately not trust and safety and being like, that's not my place to go for my needs and having like more surface relationships in those places. And then also looking at where can I grow and cultivate transparency and vulnerability in ways that will help me grow and evolve in relationships and in different environments that will ultimately allow me to thrive, that will ultimately allow me to be the person who I want to become. And this becomes really, really fruitful when you practice it a little bit. So the last thing I want to talk through before I let you go for the day is how to practice transparency. Because this is not something like you don't go from, you know, keeping your walls up to just letting them all down in one fell swoop. Like, (laughs) I don't recommend that at all. That's really scary, probably really unsafe, probably not good for your mental health. So how can you do this in A way that is supportive of your mental health and supportive of your goals and supportive of the relationships that you wanna be building and the ways that you wanna be seen, heard, held, and valued. So, first is practicing transparency in low exposure ways. So, maybe in a meeting, instead of being like, hey, I have these specific needs as a working mom, instead to say, hey, I had so much fun with my family, like doing this certain activity, like just letting people know that like, there's this other part of you that is a mom that is like loud and proud about being a mom, not about having like extenuating circumstances or specific needs or anything, but just like, we had a great weekend. I mean, like an example for me was like, we had a great weekend full of baseball. It was so much fun. And so being able to say things like that's low exposure, right? Like probably no one in a meeting is going to be like, oh my God, I can't believe she talked about her weekend or her kid when it's just like a kind of a casual thing. But when you do that over time, they can see like, wow, you know, we can see that she's juggling a lot. Like she's doing baseball tournaments every weekend and then she's doing this extra work outside of hours for these other things. And that will help grow trust in those relationships so that you can feel out how that that might be able to lead to higher exposure transparency for when you're having a really hard day or your kid's having a hard day to be like, hey, I got to take a half a day off. Like my kid's really struggling right now. And you work up to that. You work up to that in your one-to-one relationships too, like your family or your friend relationships, where you know an early friendship might only be at one level of transparency and trust and safety. And then you work up to higher stakes transparency. And you do that over time. The next thing you can do is to create genuine connections where you can be vulnerable. And I've had this happen a lot in with different mom friends in the last year or two, where there's been people where I've been able to just have way more vulnerable conversations and let people know, like kind of where things stand some things that my kid might be struggling with, maybe where our kids have some similarities and struggles, maybe where we have our own similarities as moms and struggles and struggles with mental health or struggles and other things in life. And so it's creating those genuine connections where you see a similarity or commonality and like having conversations about that. And it's amazing when you have those conversations, how rewarding that can be and how fulfilling that can be. I often, after having those conversations, will reach out to those people afterwards and just say like, thank you so much. That meant so much to me. Or I feel so much better. Or I really enjoyed connecting. Like, I appreciate you. Or this, you know, it's really great getting to know you better. Like just those little things for them to then be, because often you get the same reply back, like, oh my gosh, yes, it was amazing. And it feels so good to be able to talk with someone about that. So that's where like you build that safety and trust. And it's really obviously mutual. And that feels really good. The other way to be more transparent is to practice grace and humility. And so practicing grace and humility is like admitting when you make a mistake and being like, oh my God, like that wasn't me at my best. And I actually had a mom come to me a few months ago and apologize for something. And it was such a beautiful apology. And she's like, hey, I know I've said some things recently and I'm feeling really bad about it. I hadn't said anything to her about this situation, but she's like, I'm feeling kind of bad about the way I showed up. And it's really not who I want to be. It's just sometimes I get ahead of myself and this one kind of arena of my life. And then I say things. And then after the fact, I'm like, oh, that probably wasn't the best. So I just wanted to let you know, I'm really sorry if I said anything that like offended you or seemed like kind of, you know, off kilter or whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, I appreciate this so much. We are totally fine. Like, I understand where you're coming from completely. And you just explained it really well too. And so like, we are totally good. And she just practiced a ton of grace and humility. And when I saw her do that, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's, so, she's modeling that. Like that's And when you model something like that, you're like giving other moms permission to do, or other women permission to do the same thing. When they see you do it, they're like, oh, that's how I can show up in that when I'm in that situation like that next time. Because like, we're all going to be there where we like put our foot in our mouth or fall flat on our face or whatever. And we have to make an apology. Another way to be more transparent is to really work on being honest and direct and not when you're struggling with something, not talking to everyone else about it, but going to the source and be like, hey. This thing is really kind of under my skin, or I've been struggling with this, and I'd love to talk to you about it. And then the last thing is practicing curiosity and compassion. How can you practice curiosity and compassion in your relationships so that you are actively like you're asking questions rather than making assumptions, and you're holding space for others in a way that gets them to want to connect with you and also opens the door for you to reciprocate connection. And practicing curiosity, and asking good follow up questions, and saying like having follow up commentary that's like, oh, I see you. I've been there. I get it. I totally hear you. Like that's a way to really show up for someone and build um, trust and safety, so that relationships can be can hold more transparency. So that is how lacking transparency can be harmful. And then when you need to make sure that you have trust and safety involved, and also how you can start practicing transparency as a skill set, like it is a skill. So how you can start practicing it in a handful of different ways. If this episode was helpful, please share it out. Thank you for being here. And remember, I'm in this with you always.